0: Good morning, I'm Chris Williams and this is Fordham Conversations on WFUV 90.7. Have you ever stopped to ask, why are we here? Where do we go when we die? And how can we even begin to think about these questions when humanity has been grappling with them for centuries? How about we start with magic, science, and religion? The topics of this week's Fordham Conversations. Talagadoola, metrigaboola, bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Put them together and what have you got?
1: Bibbidi-bobbidi-boo.
0: Bill Nye the Science Guy. Bill Nye the Science Guy.
1: Bill, 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 Bill. Bill Nye the Science Guy. Let us pray. Most holy and all-wise God, our heavenly Father. Yeah,
0: yeah, it is in the name yeah. of the like Okay, so you're probably thinking, magic, science, and religion, what do they have in common? How can they help us answer life's big questions when each of them seems so different?
1: My name is Katia Jurgis. I am a doctoral student at the Sociology and Anthropology Department, and I also lecture.
0: Katia Jurgis teaches a class at Fordham called Magic, Science, and Religion. It tackles these big questions through the perspective of these three different systems. She talks about how they work and why it's important not to be dismissive of any one of them, even though they might sometimes oppose each other. So the class is called Magic, Science, and Religion. So how how do you define magic? Because I think people have a general idea of science and religion but magic is a bit more abstract.
1: The idea behind the class is that precisely both science and religion are systems of knowledge that we we understand we use them as a paradigm and you know cur- currently we are in a society that would basically exist within a system of knowledge that is science religion is sometimes seen as the opposite and then you have uh, magic which is in and of itself simply, or not so simply, another system of knowledge, another way of acquiring knowledge, another way of understanding the world and ordering, kind of making sense of the chaos that nature is. Many have considered it to be a primitive form of religion, so something that came before religion that eventually was transformed into religion, which eventually was transformed somehow or supplanted by science. And if we think about magic as the idea that we can do something to transform the world around us, as in, you know, the possibility of casting a spell to make it rain, it seems closer to science where we take it up on our own, in our own hands, to make something happen. When we talk about religion, is more about surrendering to a higher power and understanding that we are actually flawed and we can't. Uh, <laughs> um, we are failable. And we cannot transform or, you know, control nature the elements or whatever it is on our own.
0: The course description says that the class explores the ways people have attempted to gain mastery over physical and spiritual environments. Is that sort of what you mean by magic as being almost empowering in a way? Or can you also do that, gain mastery with science and religion, just by maybe understanding?
1: I think the idea behind any kind of... Um system of knowledge is precisely that, to to gain mastery and to be able to control the the unknown, the, the, the things that we don't understand. Um, as human beings, we're very, very uncomfortable with chaos and disorder and, you know, things out of place. So we're constantly trying to put them into categories and understand how they work and understand what they do and n- not only how the categories... Are defined, but how they relate to each other. Magic is a way of doing that, um, but so is uh, religion, and of course science. Um, they are just different approaches to, to acquiring and ordering knowledge. Larger questions such as why are we here, uh, what happened af- happens after we die, where do we go, you know, where we did did we come from? And while we might not have. Very consistent answers. We are constantly searching for them in different ways.
0: So, what is it about human existence that makes us crave these answers and seek them out so much? Why do we have to know everything, so to say, or or why do we have to? Why do we ask these questions?
1: I think we are, as humans, naturally curious. Uh, but at least I hope so. I think curiosity is a wonderful thing. But I also think that it comes from this idea of being incredibly, incredibly uncomfortable with the unknown. We just don't know what to do with it. We have the need to again, you know, fill categories, to, to explain things, to, to rationalize. You know, if, if you look at any kind of example, what scares us is usually what we don't know or what, what we don't understand. Death ends up being kind of the greatest mystery because of two things. First, absolutely everybody dies it's inevitable. We know this. And also we have absolutely no idea what happens next. Um, Yes, we have obviously many explanations and each religion uh, will offer an idea and each system of belief will offer an idea or an explanation. But in the practical way, we can't really prove or disprove one another. So I think as long as it remains a mystery, we'll going to be drawn to, to figuring it out and, and, and try to explore, trying to explain it away in some way or another.
0: I'm going to ask you about the differences and sort of similarities between magic science and religion a little bit later. But before we do that, I want to ask you, how would you say that these three systems work? You know, are they successful in, in thinking about the world? Are, are they a good way to sort of grasp what's around us or do they falter?
1: They all have advantages and disadvantages um and the thing is while they are to a degree distinctive systems of knowledge, ways of acquiring knowledge and ways of understanding the world, they're not entirely separate; they tend to blend and bleed into each other and you know transform and mutate and sometimes borrow from one another. none of them are is obviously perfect no sing- there's no single explanation that will account for everything. And it seems that as humans, as a civilization, perhaps we keep looking for this one overarching explanation that we keep not finding. So whether it's God or um, string theory, we're just trying to find this one answer for everything. And maybe there isn't
0: one. You say that they sort of blend together and that they're interrelated. But for me, I wouldn't think that, you know, would would you say a scientist? Is it possible for a scientist to believe in magic?
1: It probably would be on a very personal level, but I don't know why it wouldn't be possible. It it depends on how you contextualize it. I consider myself a scientist. I'm a social scientist, but I'm a scientist nonetheless. I believe in magic in the sense that I know that there are people who believe in magic, and for them, that is a fact. It's a social fact, as such as exists. Same with gods or spirits or elves or, you know, what have you. If there is a belief in an invisible world, so to say, uh, and that belief is shared by a group of people, then that belief is is real, is a social fact. So in that sense, I think it's entirely possible. And if you take that idea further, uh, you'll see that really religion and science are not opposed to one another in the same way that perhaps magic and religion are, are also no, not really opposed to one another. While they are different and can be distinct, they can also be complementary.
0: Yeah, I guess what I, I was curious about is whether, you know, how do these things stand up when they're alone? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. when someone adopts one of these systems, but sort of maybe rejects the other ones, do you feel like they're limiting themselves?
1: Well, I don't think uh, you can think about it in um, individual... In, in an individual sense, because it's more of a... When you you live and you participate in a culture and a society that functions under one of these systems of knowledge or under a particular paradigm, um, it's not like you have a choice of... You know, you believe in magic or you believe in science, which is more Is You believe in magic because that's the overarching system or you believe in nothing. It's chaos. So in most cases especially anthropologically it's not changing one system of knowledge for another uh, but it's having an explanation and an understanding of the world or not having it at all uh, which obviously becomes very problematic
0: I'm Chris Williams on WFUV 90.7, and you're listening to Fordham Conversations. Today we're talking about magic, science, and religion with Fordham professor Katia Yurgis, who teaches a class on these topics. Usually I think a lot of people tend to think of religion and science as being sort of on opposite ends of a spectrum. So in, in what ways are they, you know, in what ways do they overlap? In what ways are they similar? Where's, where's the common ground between the two?
1: they are providing us with something we have been looking for. They provide us with answers. Maybe not necessarily to the same questions. And this is where I think uh, they can coexist. There was an idea or a thought, uh, especially some point in the 20th century, um, in the modern era, that science would kill religion and that we would know everything and we would figure everything out through science or religion and would no longer be needed. But perhaps religion fulfills a different function, uh, a different need and answers different questions. So they don't really have to be contradictory and they can be or coexist side by side.
0: Because yeah, just like what you said before, religion often attempts to answer spiritual questions and science tends to focus more on physical questions. Do you think either one could sort of tackle the questions of the other, such as, are there scientists who are trying to prove sort of spiritual questions?
1: I think so, and um, I mean, I think that's why we have basically this endless debate between science and religion and between, you know, what should we teach and and who answers the questions better or more truthfully or... Um, and I also think that's missing the point, uh, because perhaps some questions are better answered through religion and some be- questions are better answered through science. That's not to say that people from one side of the debate or another are trying to uh, basically step on each, other toe, on each other's toes, because they are uh, constantly.
0: Yeah, I, I think specifically I'm thinking of something like the creation story in the Bible and uh, science Big Bang theory and evolution. And those seem almost directly opposed, more so than really any other issues I can think of between the two of them.
1: Well, those are obviously really interesting, especially because they are the contemporary debate and they're not only relevant right now, scientifically or religiously, they're actually very relevant politically. And they are a perfect example of kind of two systems of knowledge trying to to supersede one another um, by providing an explanation. The people who believe in the creation story believe in the creation story. Scientific proof is not compelling to them because their belief is based on faith, not on proof. The exact same way that the opposite side, faith doesn't seem compelling because they believe in scientific proof. So. In that sense, they really can never, (laughs) Uh, they they can't convince the other side that they're right.
0: If science is based on observation and evidence and religion is based on faith, what would you say magic is based on?
1: Magic, I think that's what's incredibly interesting about magic because it's a little bit a combination of both. It has similarities to science in, in the sense that it's, it requires doing, it requires action, right it requires magical action, it requires casting spells or making potions or, or what have you. And it also relies on the person, the practitioner, the, ma- the magician who can be likened to a scientist who, who is the one doing things. It also somewhat requires a kind of physical proof, but it's very, very hard to disprove mostly because imagine a spell is cast for it to rain to stop the drought it will rain at some point it might not be rain today or tomorrow but it will rain at some point which would be a confirmation of the efficacy of the procedure what if it never rains ever it can always be said that another's magic was more potent and that it even though it didn't work this time, it will work on another time. So it's, it's a very strange combination of technique and belief. Well, you do have to do something. You also have to believe that it will work and that it actually works. But once you believe it, it's incredibly hard to disprove.
0: Would you say that magic is more of an old world sort of mentality? Because just thinking, because, you know, I think back in people maybe who were scientists hundreds of years ago that sort of came out of magic. And, and I'm just thinking of alchemy off the top of my head, but there's probably other instances. Would you agree with that, or, or is that a, a, a like a misguided thought on my part? Uh,
1: no, I think I do agree with you. I mean, there are many examples, and of course many differences, and when we talk about societies and cultures, and especially cultural practices, there's basically an endless variety and variation. But um, you mentioned alchemy, and I was thinking um, that I... It, I recently recently reading about um, museum a museum dedicated to witchcraft and, and sorcery in Iceland. And they have a very large collection of uh, grimoires. Grimoires are books of, of spells, are magical books. The interesting part for me was they were pointing out that a lot of the grimoires, especially the older ones, the ones from 16th, 17th century, both from Iceland and the rest of Europe, are really not dissimilar at all two uh, I'm sorry medical books from the same time they have the exact same information they have notions of human anatomy uh, you know of the skeletal system they have recipes to, for brewing herbs and and botanical information and that's pretty much what medical books were so it kind of could go either way well this is witchcraft or sorcery or what have you or this is medicine.
0: At least in the United States, science and religion are big parts of our culture, but not so much magic. Uh, and maybe that's just within the United States. I don't know about the rest of the world, but what would you say is magic's sort of status today?
1: Well, I think it's uh, complicated, of course, here, but for us in Western culture, it has become something uh, you know closer to Harry Potter than an than actual practice, so we have relegated pretty much to you know the realm of the fantastic, to the realm of literature and or entertainment. In other parts of the world, less industrialized, more agricultural-based, pre-modern societies, that might not be the case. And if we look back to our own history, both in the United States and Europe, we obviously see magic a few centuries ago still being very much uh, a part of the culture. On the other hand, we have this resurgence of Wicca a magic-based, but now considered a religion. So the boundaries are constantly blurred. um, And it's sometimes hard to talk about magic as as a unified system, just because it can mean so many things to so many different people, right? Like for some, it could mean moon worshiping. And for some, it's witches and broomsticks and Harry Potter and what have you. But there is magic or a sense of magic in us, usually as children. And there are also such a thing as Levi Claude Lévi-Strauss, a French anthropologist, who called it magical thinking. And he thought that magical thinking was something that kicked in when we couldn't find an explanation, a rational explanation for something. And that magical thinking was something that we would resort to when we couldn't understand. So while we may know how things happen, we might not necessarily always know or understand why. Why does a particular accident happen at a particular time? Why does a young person die as a tragic death? We know how it happened, we don't know why. So we try to explain it to ourselves. You can think of bad luck, Uh, you can think of, of any number of things, but that impulse to find meaning in something that we can't necessarily explain in scientific or practical terms, I think would be closer to to magic, to, to, to magical thinking.
0: So do you think a lot of people employ magical thinking?
1: Without necessarily calling it that or realizing, maybe it's a sort of remnant from an older culture, from our past, uh, from a pre-modern time. Maybe it's just how our brain is wired. Um, in our need and desire to to have an explanation for everything, and again, I don't think that people specifically employ the term or even you know rationalize it that way, but I do think it's there.
0: We might have talked about this already, but I just want to ask it a little bit more directly. Have scientists worked to debunk religion and magic and sort of claim authority?
1: I think to a degree, maybe not you know, specifically, and kind of saying, oh, I'm going to do this to, you know, prove that God doesn't exist, although I'm sure there are, or there have been uh, scientists with that mind frame. Uh, But I think mostly we're we're just interested in the larger questions of the universe, and I guess if it happens along the way to disprove something, I mean, a a previously held belief, we go with that. And that's pretty much how science usually operates. I don't know if it's... Intentional, necessarily. I don't think science can ever disprove religion. Um, I I mean, I don't think it should try.
0: (laughs) Just what popped into my head as I was thinking about what would maybe connect them or string them together in a way, I I, I think I thought about love and death and, and sort of those being the universal intersections of the three of them, sort of. Because, you know, scientists can... Explain, oh, this is what killed this person. And then religion will go on to say, this is what happens when you die. Because a lot of religions have some sort of afterlife. And magic, maybe it would be for someone who isn't religious, but also believes that something happens to us when we die. And um, sort of the same with love. Love can be explained scientifically, sort of with brain chemicals. But there's also this mystical quality about it. I was just wondering if you had any thoughts on that, or if that's just me thinking <laughs> too, you know, too broadly almost about these topics.
1: Uh, I definitely agree on about death. Uh, I actually hadn't thought specifically about love, but but I think it it, it is a very interesting point. In terms of death, uh, certainly, again, it's something to that happens to absolutely everybody. Um, we know this. This is, you know, a fact of life and an absolute certainty. The other absolute certainty, pretty much, is that we don't know what happens. As you mentioned, pretty much every single religion that has ever been studied, recorded, um, you know, throughout human history and in broader sense, in every human culture or civilization, has some idea of what happens after we die or some explanation. Not all of them obviously are the same, and some are much more elaborate than others. And, you know, we can think of, of Christianity and where we have a construct of, of, of heaven and an afterlife and perhaps even hell, et cetera, et cetera. We can think about other religions where the idea that the spirit just leaves the body and goes join into a, the divine or a larger spiritual afterlife or something. And, of course, science can't provide an explanation because until somebody, you know, really dies and comes back, we don't know. We know how. We, we, we have definition of, the, of what it means to be alive and what it means to be dead. Um, interestingly enough, our Western scientific definitions are not necessarily the same as somebody else's and other cultures or, or even religious definitions. We have here you know, mainstream American Western culture, uh, a huge separation between dying and what happens afterwards, right? Uh, person that does a person died, the cessation of life, usually it's a doctor, a coroner, a scientist who pronounces and who decides who is dead and who is alive. But he has no authority or no knowledge of what goes on after. It's, you know, the priest or the religious practitioner who kind of takes over from that part and explains or... Even prepares and, and conducts certain ceremonies to see the soul or the spirit or or see the person to the afterlife within a system of magic. The life and death might be closer connected in the in the sense of who the practitioner is, and because um, you know you have the the, the witch doctor who might. Uh, be able to cure or kill a person, but who is also a specialist in, in the occult and in the afterlife. So death is definitely something that, first of all, incredibly important, because, again, we still can't explain it, and that we find attempts at explanation and attempts uh, of, at rationalizing in every single system, and definitely in every single, single culture and every single society. What you said about love, I think, yeah, it's 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 very interesting, because... You, you, on the one hand you have you know, chemicals and, and, and like brain chemicals and uh, attempt at explanation the, uh, at explaining attraction uh, or love scientifically uh, on the other hand you have perhaps the idea that of love po- potions and that you actually can make something to attract another uh, person and that's that definitely comes out of magical thinking i'm not sure how religion would exactly feature into that but but you do have religious ceremonies to somehow sanctify um love basically in the hopes that it will last forever or something like that so yeah there's that element there as well
0: going back to death really quick you know in religion you can be reincarnated and maybe in magic you could be resurrected but and which are kind of ways to overcome death But science hasn't come up with that yet, or even anything like that, any way to overcome death. So in a way, doesn't that make religion and magic almost more, I don't know, empowering maybe, in a sense? Because they allow someone to potentially overcome or transcend death
1: you know it offers a potential supernatural reward right it's the idea of well if you subscribe to this belief if you know if you come to my church and believe in my church you will be reincarnated or you will go to heaven and live forever or you will somehow uh, and that's obviously a very very attractive prospect because again since we don't know if we have no way of knowing or denying the other person's claim you know i can say, no, 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 it's my church, the one that will get you to live forever, not theirs, but I can't really prove it. Science doesn't have these claims of, of, of immortality or, or transcendence. There's usually a kind of uptick in religious feeling and religiosity whenever there's some kind of natural disaster, tragedy, war, when people get older. So the, the idea of death, the presence of death, threat of death has us usually looking for solutions or at least answers of what happens afterwards. So far science yes, can really provide either transcendence or, or even an answer. And, I mean, we have attempts, again, completely unproven and, and that, and I think should be equated with magic rather that, you know, cryogenics and, and freezing of uh, a dead body, the hopes that somehow it will be resurrected. I mean, it it doesn't have any scientific proof. It hasn't been done. So you can actually see it or analyze it as magical thinking rather than, than time, but disguised as scientific. I think the human experience is just endlessly fascinating and incredibly diverse. And it's incredibly important to actually realize that because that's what makes us Human, that's what actually you know gives us humanity. That's what makes us uh, tolerant of others and more accepting of others is by being aware of the scope and the difference of, of human experience.
0: So it's important not to be dismissive of any of these.
1: No matter how, again, strange or maybe contrary to our own, their beliefs and practices are... Um, not only do we need to be respectful, but we need to understand that there's no hierarchy in belief. It's not like, "Oh, we just know better uh, and they don't so let us let me show them or they'll get there. Their beliefs um, and their practices are as real and should be as respected
0: as ours. Great. I think that's, uh, I think that's it. Thanks so much for talking with me. Thank you. This has been Fordham Conversations on WFUV 90.7. You can hear us every Saturday at 7 a.m. And don't worry if you've missed a show. They're all available to stream at WFUV.org or to download as a podcast. You can also like our Facebook page or follow us on Twitter. Stay tuned. George Bodarkey and Cityscape are next on WFUV. For Fordham Conversations, I'm Chris Williams.